0: It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. It's a joy to be with you this afternoon, including all those that are watching online. Remember, we broadcast our services at 10 a.m. and 1230. Uh, You can always watch it on YouTube, of Change TV, as well as Thursdays. I want to invite you to turn in your Bible to John uh, chapter 17. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. And we are going to be looking at this passage of Scripture this afternoon studying it as you know we have been studying from this subject uh, becoming by prayer becoming by prayer all month long uh, we are committing October uh, to teaching about prayer and as well as giving opportunities to pray you know that we launched about 30 prayer stations in the week that people are going to and they're praying whether online or in person and this whole month because it's our church's birthday month every october is our tradition to commit to prayer teach on prayer and give opportunities to pray i remember the first year we committed october to prayer it was uh our first church anniversary celebration so we were only a one year old and God was dealing with my heart to stop everything and teach on prayer and I remember I was wrestling with God saying God ain't nobody gonna come if you talk about prayer ain't nobody gonna come to talk about prayer I want to talk about something more exciting uh, has anybody wrestled with God and then I remember saying to God if, if people don't come then the finances are gonna drop god and and we just started this church and we need financial help and and i uh, started complaining to god has anybody ever complained to god and the lord uh doubled down he doubled down. he actually doubled down through my wife how many you know god uses your spouse sometimes amen and he said no you're gonna you're gonna stop everything And you're going to commit october to prayer because it's our birthday month and we kind of reset for the next year and so we did that we obeyed god and we preached and we taught on prayer and did you know that that was our highest attendant services in that month of october our highest attendance and not only that But at the end of the month, before the month was over, right there in that lobby, the last Sunday of October, before I came out to preach, somebody met me in the lobby, took me to the back room, and they handed me a check for the church for $144,000. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. For the church. Gave the church $144,000. This was about nine years ago. We don't have that money no more but it happened and they gave us a check and one thing I know about money when you get to high ends money they don't give you a check they they wire transfer you the money but God wanted us to touch that thing he wanted us to feel that thing smell it I almost chewed it up but when you obey God he will provide for you and make a way for you someone shout amen so all month long we're talking about prayer teaching about prayer And we are burning into everybody's spirit this big idea, which is a life of prayer makes us more like Jesus. A life of prayer makes us more like Jesus. This is the big idea across all campuses, starting on Saturdays in Whittier and all day on Sunday from Carson, Long Beach and Paramount. We're burning this in the spirit of everybody, part of of Change. A life of prayer makes us more like Jesus. I want everybody to say that on the count of three, real loud. One, two, three. Again. One more time, like you mean it. So notice it says a life of prayer. Notice that a life of prayer. Because prayer is to be a lifestyle prayer is to be a lifestyle we're not just to pray when things go wrong we are not just to pray when things go bad it is to be a lifestyle we're not gonna just we're not supposed to just hit and miss when it comes to prayer it is to be a lifestyle what I like to call a holy habit a holy habit as you begin to serve the Lord you're gonna learn that you are to do away with certain bad habits And you are to pick up some holy habits, and these holy habits help to form you and to shape you and to mold you. So why do we pray? We pray because prayer transforms us. Prayer transforms us. A life of prayer makes us more like Jesus. Remember, we're learning this, that prayer is not just about talking. It's about becoming. Remember, we're learning about this, that prayer is not about getting. It's about becoming. Prayer is not just about receiving from God. It's about becoming. It's about transformation. There is a person that God wants you to be. There is a lady that God wants you to be. There is a man that God wants you to be, and he has chosen prayer as the means to get you there. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Prayer transforms us, and so The more you give God time in prayer, the more time you give him to transform you, to mold you and to shape you. The less time you give God in prayer, the less time you give God to transform you, to mold you, to shape you. This is a process where we become more and more like Jesus. So remember, I shared last week that I'm not a Christian so that God can bless me. I'm a Christian so that God can change me. I'm not a Christian so that God can bless me. uh, That's not the ultimate goal of serving the Lord. It's part of the benefits that we like. I like, you like, everybody like a blessing? Yes, but it's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is for God to change you. By the way, by the way, our church is called Chapel change chapel of change you know what that means that means if you stick around here long enough you will need to change now you can come however you want you can come through them doors broke busted and disgusted does not matter how you get here but you cannot stay the way you came no 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 You must be changed by the power of God. And we're going to help you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to give you the tools. That's why we are teaching about prayer. And the word of God affirms this over and over again. We started off this month with Galatians 4, 19, where Apostle Paul says, "I I travail again until Christ be formed in you. The moment of salvation, Christ is birthed in you, but it does not stop there. He desires to be formed in you. And I like how Luke 9, 29 in the Amplified Version makes the connection between prayer and transformation. I'm gonna put it up on the screen. This is where Jesus is praying, and it makes this subtle connection that I think is fascinating. In the Amplified Version, it says, as he was praying... The appearance of his face became different, actually transformed. Notice the connection. As he was praying, the appearance of his face became different. Prayer should do something to your life. Prayer should do something to your marriage. It should do something to your family. It should do something to the way you look. Prayer should change the way you look. Someone shout amen. As he was praying, as he was praying, transformation takes place. As he's praying, the formation takes place. As we pray, God molds us and shapes us, right, and chisels us as we pray. That's why we launched 30 prayer stations throughout the week because we want to give you an option. We want to give you an opportunity to get into that Holy Ghost cocoon so that God can transform you into a beautiful butterfly to the glory of god but if you don't get in it if you don't get in it you're not giving god the opportunity to transform you are you picking up what i'm putting down so today we are going to deal specifically with becoming unified becoming unified the first week we dealt with becoming prayerful last week we dealt with becoming loving and Last week my message on loving was probably the strongest teaching I did on love I would encourage you to go back to our YouTube page Chabla change TV and study it again because it's one of the most deepest uh, teachings I've done on love but today We're gonna deal with becoming Unified and there's gonna be some times where we talk like family together because part of my role is to prepare us uh, for 2022 I'm believing we're going to get to see 2022 if the Lord don't come back and the river don't rise. And we need to be prepared to enter into this new season for your family, your marriage, and even your church, your relationships, and the way you see life. And so God wants us unified. God wants us unified. God wants our church unified. He wants our church unified. God wants your family unified. He wants you unified. If you're married, He wants your marriage unified. There's too many fractured families, too many divided families and when the enemy can divide you, he could dilute you. When the enemy can divide you, he can, he can hold you back. And so God wants us unified. And we're going to look to John chapter 17 as the, uh, uh, the text that we're going to study that's going to challenge us and inspire us to become unifiers. Before you walk away today, I'm going to commission you to be a unifier this week. You're going to get commissioned. You didn't know that, but you're going to get commissioned before you leave So John chapter 17, turn that into your Bible. Uh, John chapter 17 is a fascinating chapter because it is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. John chapter 17 is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. And it is the night before he gets arrested, which is also the night before he's about to get crucified. And before he gets arrested, before he gets crucified, he he turns to the father and he has this 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 kind of last if i could say prayer meeting it's a prayer meeting he prays to the father and it's a window john chapter 17 into this intimate look between the interaction between the son and the father it's intimate look that's very fascinating and. The whole chapter is the prayer, but we're only going to look at a portion of it uh, this afternoon. We're going to turn to verse 20, verse 23. When everybody's there, say "Amen." amen. Listen to the word of God. It says, I do not pray for those, these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Someone say one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one. Someone say one. That the one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one. Someone say one. One, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in Help me out now. One. Someone say one. One. And that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his word. In our study this afternoon, I want to point out a couple things in this passage of scripture that I believe is gonna inspire you, challenge you, shape you, mold you, if you submit unto it and receive it with all your heart. A Couple things I wanna point out. Number one, someone say number one. Jesus praise, Jesus praise. Now I know it sounds simple, but it's profound. It's profound because you and I, if you're born again, are supposed to be disciples of Jesus. And a disciple of Jesus, at its core, is a follower of Jesus. We are called to do what Jesus did. In fact, the Bible teaches, as he is, so are we in this world. That's what a disciple is. It is a follower of Jesus. In fact, I often encourage new believers, when people get saved, I say, listen, this is what you do. You read the life of Jesus as recorded in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just study his life. Just read his life. Just learn how he talked. Learn how how he behaved. Learn how he responded. Learn how he acted. And just do what Jesus did. This Christian walk is not complicated. It's not complex. We just do what Jesus did. We are followers of Jesus. And as we study his life, one of the things that we learn is that Jesus had a passionate prayer lifestyle. He had a passionate prayer lifestyle. He prayed. Didn't just preach. He prayed. He didn't just heal the sick. He prayed. He didn't just raise the dead. He prayed. He didn't just feed the poor. Jesus prayed. And if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we must uh, uh, fall in formation. Jesus prayed. You study his lifestyle. He prayed early in the morning. Jesus prayed early in the morning. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He said he got up early in the morning before it was even dark he went on he separated himself from everybody separated himself from all the noise separated himself from all the chaos separated himself from all the rumors right and he got away all by himself and what does he do he prays someone say Jesus prays Jesus prays early in the morning the Bible also teaches in mark 635 he prayed in the evening but then the Bible also teaches in Luke 6:12 that Jesus prayed all night long. He prayed all night long in Luke 6:12. One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. You got to remember this is the middle east. This is some 2,000 years ago. They didn't have beautiful edifices like we have now. They didn't have electricity as we have now. I suspect he went out and found a mountain and found a rock and got down on his knees right then and there. Because sometimes you got to get down where you get down. And he cried out to God in prayer all night long in the dirt. In the dirt. Jesus prayed. prayed all night long didn't just pray in the morning just didn't pray in the evening he prayed all night long the bible also teaches he prayed before great temptations the bible also teaches that he he prayed in the midst of pain and death you remember when he was on the cross he's hanging on the cross what does he say he says father forgive them for they know not what they do what is he doing he's praying He's in the midst of pain, and he's praying in the midst. He's in the midst of pain, and he's praying. Maybe if we pray a little when we're in pain, God will heal us a little faster. Maybe, maybe if we pray a little more and complain a little less, and maybe God will heal us a little faster. He prayed in the morning. He prayed in the evening. He prayed all night long. He prayed in pain. And Jesus, And Jesus, when I studied the life of Jesus, he didn't pray pretty little prayers either. He didn't pray pretty little prayers. In fact, I would suggest that if Jesus led a prayer gathering with us, some of us would feel uncomfortable the way he prayed. Some of us would probably walk out the room the way Jesus prayed. I don't know if you're supposed to pray like that. I thought you're supposed to pray quiet and and, and dignified. But in Hebrews 5, 7, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions, get this, with fervent cries. And tears Jesus prayed but he didn't pray no little prayers he prayed fervently with cries and tears and so when we study when we study the prayer lifestyle of Jesus it 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 kind of challenges us that if Jesus had to have a life of prayer how much more do we need to have a life of prayer you would cut your stress by 50% if you just upped your prayer if Jesus had to have a life of prayer, how much more do we have to have a life of prayer? And you always have one in the crowd that says, well, why did Jesus pray? If he's God, why did he pray to the Father? If Jesus, if Jesus is God, why did he have to pray? He prayed for you and I to, to, as an example. He prayed so that we could have a model what to do. So the first thing we learn when we read this passage, Jesus prayed. Someone say, Jesus prays. The second thing I want to point out is that Jesus prays for us. Jesus prays for us. Now, when you study the entire chapter, because the entire chapter captures his whole prayer, you will learn that his prayer is actually broken up into three sections. The first section, he prays for himself for glorification. The second section, he prays for his immediate disciples for sanctification. But then the third section, he prays for you and I for unification are you following along the chapter is broken up into three parts of his prayer number one he prays for himself for glorification number two he prays for his immediate disciples uh, uh, for sanctification but then before he says amen he prays for you and I prays for you and I prays for unification listen to what he says in verse 20 he says I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their words someone say that's me someone say that's us see the night before he's about to be arrested don't don't sleep on this the night he's about to before he's about to be crucified the night before he's about to be put in a one-man cell he's thinking about you and i He's thinking about you and I. He's caring for you and I. He says, Father, I, I got to pray. I got to pray. I'm praying for me. I'm praying for my, my, my immediate disciples, but I'm not done yet. I, I got, I'm looking down into 2021, and I know there's going to be some believers in Chapel of Chase that are going to be going through hell and high water. And so before I say amen, I want to pray for them. Man, he cares for us enough to add us. Include us, you and I, into his prayer. And guess what? Jesus is still praying for us today. He's still praying for us today. In Romans 8, verse 34, listen to this. It says, who then is the one who condemns? Who can condemn us? That's what the scriptures say. Who who is the one that points the finger at us? And the Bible goes on to say, no one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. and is also interceding for us. Jesus is still praying for you and I. I'm going to be all right. I said, I'm going to be all right. You know why? Jesus is praying for me. I'm going to be all right. And guess what? You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. I know you're going through some frustrations. I know the kids may be acting crazy. I know your spouse may be acting crazy. I know your work may be acting crazy. But listen, listen, I got news for you. You're going to be all right. You know why? Jesus is praying for you. The Lord is praying for you. If anybody knows how to pray, it's Jesus. If anybody knows how to pray, it's Jesus. You're going to be all right in Luke chapter 22 uh, Jesus turns around and he kind of corners the apostle Peter and he says something that makes Peter's jaw drop In Luke 22 verse 31 he he turns around and he and he and he corners P- the apostle Peter you know what he says to him he says he says he says Peter Satan has asked for you by name. Mercy. <laughs> Did you catch what I just said? Jesus, Jesus cornered Peter. Kind of, I called him out out of everybody, and said, "Peter, Satan has asked for you." <gasps> I don't know about you but if jesus turned around and told me that i'll be like what are you talking about why is the why is satan asking for me why is it there ain't no demon like a little demon or a little him? you talking about satan himself what you, i don't know about you but i was like hold up let's let's talk about this and jesus turns around and says peter satan has asked for you oh yeah you're going to be such, you are such an intimidating force to the devil that he is asked. And the Bible says to shake you up, sift you like wheat, shake you up. He wants to, he wants to shake you up. He wants to shake up your faith. He wants to shake up your life because you're such an intimidating force because you've woken up to my calling because you're going to do what I asked you to do. And before you can even do it, he's going to try to take you out. He's asked for you, Peter. And and I'm sure it dropped his jaws. But but Jesus didn't stop there. He says to Peter, He says, But I have pleaded in prayer for you. Wow. I'm sure I'm sure he Thank God Jesus didn't stop with just Satan is asking for you. Thank God he didn't stop right there. But he gave me a little insight into the spiritual warfare that's going on where the Jesus and the devil are fighting over my soul and fighting over my joy. And he said, don't worry, Peter, you're going to be all right. You know why? Because I'm praying for you. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Listen, you're going to be all right. 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 Jesus is praying for you. You're going to be all right. Jesus is praying for you. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Jesus is praying for you. I don't know why I want to sing that song by Marley. Everything's going to be all right. I don't know why that comes to my mind, but you're going to be all right. Jesus is praying for you. Don't give up. If anybody knows how to pray, it's Jesus. If anybody got the ear of the Father, it's Jesus. If anybody got the ear of the Father, it's Jesus. Now, so, so we learned that Jesus prays. We learned that he prays for us. But then the last thing that I want to get, what's probably the most important thing for today, is that I want to identify what, what he prays for. Um, because Jesus was like, he was a He was a spiritual sniper. Jesus, Jesus was like a spiritual sniper. You know, you know, a sniper is, a sniper is someone who can, who can, who can pinpoint something from a long range. Ooh, that's a word. He can pin, You ain't got to be close to a sniper. A sniper ain't got to be close to you. A, a sniper ain't got to be close to you. Jesus was a spiritual sniper. A sniper is someone who could be way far away from you and still see what's coming your way. A sniper can see you from. I don't know mile away and then he can he can tell what's around you He can tell what you're about to face you don't even see it but he sees it I said you don't even see it but he sees it and, and when it comes to prayer Jesus was like a spiritual sniper so 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 he's he's 2,000 years ago he's about to go to the cross and through his spiritual eyes he's able to look into the future and see 2021 i feel the holy ghost today he, he he he's able to he's able to look into the future and he sees 2000 i'm talking about a spiritual sniper he, he ain't got to be so close to you to know what's going on he's he's standing 2000 years ago but he's able to see 2000 years in the future and 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 and, and he sees into 2021 and he knows there's going to be a pandemic that goes on he know because he knows everything he knows that certain people are going to be shook up he knows that certain churches are going to have to shut down. He knows that there's going to be spiritual bombs that are going off. And and he sees into the future. and, And as a spiritual sniper, it's very important that we identify what he prayed for us about. What did he pray for us about? Here it is. Jesus prayed that we be unified. He prayed that we be unified. Now, don't skip on that. Don't skip on that because there's a reason why he prayed for that. Like he didn't like he didn't pray for us to be healed at that point. He didn't pray for us to be delivered at that point. He didn't pray for us to be strengthened at that point. Like I would have wanted him, like if looking back, I would say, Jesus, why are you praying for me to be unified? I need strength. Jesus, I need some money. Jesus I need I need healing Jesus I like how many of you know that Jesus knows what you need more than you know what you need yeah. Jesus knows what you need more than you know what you need And Jesus prayed out of all the things he prayed out of all what he could pray for he prayed that we be that we be unified He says I do not pray for these alone but I pray for those who believe in me through their word that they are may be one. He prays that that they also may be one in us. He prays that the glory which you gave me, Father, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. He prays that they may be made perfect in one. This is his last Prayer request before he gets arrested. This is his last prayer request. And four times in one passage, he prays for the very same thing that we be unified. So we got to pause. We got to pause. We got to think about what he means. Because out of all the things he talked about, he prayed that we be unified. So, what does that mean? What does that mean? Let's think about that for a second. Let's think about that. Well, what is biblical unity? What is unity? Biblical unity is oneness of purpose, not sameness of person. Let's think about this. If he prayed that we be unified, what does unity mean? Biblical, biblical unity is oneness of purpose not sameness of person. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Well, biblical unity is not me trying to get everybody to look the same and be the same. Biblical unity is not Trying to get everybody to look the same or to be the same. By the way, just for the sake of conversation, God loves diversity. God loves diversity. Diversity does not mean division. Man tries to make diversity division, but to God and the kingdom, diversity is not division. God loves diversity. Just look out into the world. It's so diverse. He loves diversity diversity. Listen, biblical unity is not trying to get everybody to look the same and to be the same. Listen, my ultimate goal is not trying to get all y'all to look like me. More people should have said amen to that. You would be surprised at how many churches look like the lead pastor. You would be surprised. All the guys have the same low cut fade. All the guys have the same skinny jeans. You would be surprised biblical unity is not trying to make everybody look the same or be the same unity is getting everybody on the same page headed toward the same goal that's what biblical unity is regardless of your background regardless of what you may like or not like biblical unity is getting everybody on the same page headed to the same goal and that's one of my that's one of my objectives for these next two months is to get everybody regardless of what background you come from regardless if you like country music gospel music but if we could get on the same page and head toward the same goal we are demonstrating what Jesus asked for biblical unity are you picking up what I'm putting down when I think of biblical unity this concept biblical unity I think of I think of a a basketball team I think of a basketball team I want uh, every Monday uh, I play basketball in the park The park is like my second office in fact most of the people i play basketball with don't go to church it's like another campus and um i want to show you this show you this picture i want to show you this picture this is take the liberty to show you this picture this is i know don't look like me but that's that's me right there hitting the 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 three-point shot right you got to have and 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 i don't know if it went in but it sure looked good right it sure look i don't know if it went in but it, it looked good right and, um, and some of y'all know I play basketball, some of y'all know, some of y'all know. But when I think of unity, I think of a basketball team. That on a team, there are different players and different positions, but they have the same goal. On every team, on every team, they have, they have different players and they have different positions. But get, get, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they must have the same goal. So not all players look the same and not all players play the same. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Some are tall, some are short, uh, some some are fast, some some have the three point shot like like I demonstrated right there. Not everybody has a three point shot like I like I have right there, but but we, we, we don't have the same we don't have the same role, but we gotta have the same goal. That rhymed by the way. Hello somebody. We don't have the same we don't have the same role. But we have to have the same goal that's biblical unity and unity is a big deal to god unity is a big deal to god that the lord jesus took time out of his last prayer before he got arrested out of everything he could have prayed for he prayed that we be unified it's a big deal to god it's a big deal to god because god blesses unity god blesses unity in fact in psalms 133 says behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity for there the lord commanded the blessing that's where the blessings at the blessing is in the unity he said how good and beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity for there that's where if i'm gonna get into the blessing i gotta get to where god puts it i gotta get to god i can't try to manipulate god and try to get me to get the blessing no i need to go where god is pouring out the blessing and he said he's pouring out the blessing in the unity that's where i command the blessing god says he commands the blessing in the unity now can we talk like family for a moment it should never be about me myself and i It should never be about me, myself, and I. It should be about we. It should be about we. Me, myself, and I is the unholy trinity that does not get the blessing of God. When it ceases to be about me, myself, and I and turns into we, that's where God blesses. When our marriage ceases from being about me, myself, and I and turns into we, that's where God blesses. When our ministry team cease from being about me, myself, and I and turns into we, that's where God blesses. When our families cease from being about me, myself, and I, it's my way or the highway. When we cease from that mentality and it turns into we, that's where God commands the blessing. Now, now, Laura and I are committed to rebuilding up Chapel of Change. These last year and a half, the church, like every church, has taken a major hit some pastors have retired some pastors were like i'm not with starting all over again i'm not with starting all over again some some pastors are like that but laura and i we're committed to rebuilding up the church because there's souls to be saved there's marriages to be restored There's people, there's disciples to be made. We're not throwing the towel, even if we have to start all over again. We're committed to advancing the kingdom of God. And I want everybody to know, I don't want Chapel of Change to be built on me, but on we. Not on me, but on. On We, I need you, and you need me, and together we are a force that hell cannot defeat. Did you catch that this afternoon? I need you, and you need me. I need you, and you need me. And together, 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 we become a force that hell cannot defeat. I, when I was first serving the Lord uh, in prison during my immediate formation days, we used to sing the song over and over again. And don't ever skip out on singing on songs because songs help shape you and mold you. They, they, they do something to your spirit. And I remember when I first started serving the Lord, we used to sing this song. And part of the part of the uh, the chorus, part of the chorus was, "Forget about yourself." concentrate on him and worship him this is how the song went. We used to sing this over and over again. I'll be in prison in the chapel, and we would sing this song. Forget about yourself, concentrate on him and worship him. Over and over again, over and over again. We'll come back to the chapel. This will be the song that this will be the song that we sing. This is part of the chorus. They would say, Forget about yourself, concentrate on him and worship him. Get that. This is what it said. Forget about yourself. Forget about yourself. Forget about yourself. Here's the 2021 remake. Forget about yourself. Forget about, forget about, your, forget about yourself. I, I, I know you've been through a lot. I know you've been through a lot, but forget about yourself. I know you got some pains, but you got to forget about yourself. I know you've been bruised in the last church you've been to, but you got to forget about yourself. Forget about yourself Concentrate on him and worship him. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Oh, I wish I could sing. If I could sing, man, I would be singing. But God blesses, He blesses unity. And my brothers and sisters, as we go into 2022, we want our church unified because we want the blessing of God we want the power of God he empowers blessing he empowers unity you remember the day of Pentecost Acts chapter 2 the Bible says that all the believers were in one place and they were in one accord one place one accord that was not a Honda Y'all are y'all are fast over there. Y'all are fast. They were in one place, one accord, and what happens? What happens? Power. Power falls from heaven. Power. God. God empowers unity he empowers, he flows. The power of God flows in unity. Listen, 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 my brothers and sisters. We got people coming to Chapel of Change that are so broken, that are so broken. They need the power of God. We got people coming to Chapel of Change, listen, that a psychologist can't help them. We got people that come to Chapel of Change, Dr. Field can't help them. They need an authentic expression of the power of God. That's why we ain't got time to be playing religion. That's why we ain't got time to be playing games. That's why we ain't got time to be divided and to be bickering and arguing over meaningless stuff. We need the power of God. We need a Holy Ghost infilling that will heal our broken hearts. That's why we ain't got time to be playing no wonder why the devil wants to keep us divided. No wonder why the devil wants to keep our homes divided. D- division dilutes us. It pollutes us. Division weakens us. If we, if we refuse to live in unity, we will not experience the power of God. If we refuse to live in unity, we will not experience the power of God. So, so listen, it's, you, you got about, you got about. You got about two months to forgive somebody. November, December. You got about two months to pardon somebody. You got about two months to have mercy on somebody. You know, mercy is for the guilty. Mercy is for the guilty. You got about two months to let it go. Because I want us to go into 2022 unified. You know why? Because we need the presence, the power, and the blessing of God. And listen, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, we're better together. When it comes, at the end of the day, we are better together. We're better together. We're, We're stronger together. We're smarter together, hello somebody. We all fly higher together. We'll go farther together. When it comes down to it, my brothers and sisters, we are better together. And we're going to go into 2022 with the blessing, with the power. You know why? Because we're going to remain unified. We are going to be the answer to Jesus' prayer 2,000 years ago. Will you answer the prayer of Jesus? Will you be his answer? You want God to answer your prayer, but will you answer his? Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, I want us to just reflect upon the word of the Lord. message like this will often cause the Holy Spirit to bring to our remembrance someone we may have offended. A message like this will often bring to our remembrance that we may need to forgive somebody. A message like this, the Holy Spirit will often remind us that maybe we need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe we need to ask for forgiveness. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, let's reflect upon what is it the Lord would have us to do as we prepare for 2022. If you're watching online, I would encourage you to bow your head and your heart and reflect with us on the word of the Lord. at this time, if you're able, I would ask that everybody stand to our feet. As we stand to our feet and we prepare to dismiss with a blessing, we are going to start to reset our hearts for this week. We're going to reset our hearts. And by the time I dismiss with a blessing, we're also going to simultaneously commission you to be a unifier this week. As you leave this place, you're going to be commissioned to bring unity into the spaces and the places that God sends you to this week. I'm going to ask Sister Elsie if you can come up, and what we're going to do together is we're going to sing a portion of a classic song, an old hymn, that is going to help to reset Our hearts. If you have those lyrics, we'll put it on the screen. If not, it is a very simple song, but I want us to sing it all together as we reset our hearts for this week. I'm going to ask Sister Elsie if she could lead us, but I want us all to sing this portion together.
1: We are one in the Spirit. We are one
0: The top, everybody now
1: listening it. We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord, we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord, and we pray. One last
0: time from the top. Everybody from your heart. We are one,
1: one in the spirit. We are
0: They'll know, and And they'll know we are
1: Christians Christians by our love. By our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians Christians by our love.
0: As we continue to reset our hearts this afternoon, I would ask that you say this prayer after me from your heart repeat this prayer with me Lord God we heard your word on unity thank you for your word we repent from selfish motives we are sorry for putting ourselves before others We forgive those who offended us. We choose love.